Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Joseph, ecstatic to see here, sees that. Now, if you're Joseph, how do you control your anger? What do you do with your hurts? Here's the woman that you love who's pregnant. The questions begin to flow. Who? How? Why? Forced? Or because she wanted to? Mary's pregnancy was a scandal. In that society, sex outside of marriage could have been a capital offense. Death by stoning was the normal penalty for extramarital and premarital sex. It was kind of up to Joseph as to how this would be handled. As you'll learn from Pastor Mark's teaching today, God intervened on Mary's behalf. Even though it seems Joseph was inclined to handle the matter out of the public's eye, God had an even different plan for them. Their willingness to submit to God's will despite the public humiliation is encouraging. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Luke chapter 1 as he continues his message, When God Rearranges Your Plans. So Mary's thinking, okay, I've never had sexual intercourse with a man, and yet the angel says I'm going to be pregnant. Now, I got an A in biology. This doesn't work. See, it's easy for us to read it. Can you imagine? By the way, this never happened before. It will never happen again. So the angel goes, well, I know you're confused. But you remember your relative Elizabeth? Look what he says. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is now in her sixth month. By the way, I'm getting you warning now. Verse 37, there's an amen due at the end of this one, so just get yourself ready. I know it's not like natural now, because I have to give you a chance. For nothing. No, it's the wrong place. It's the wrong place. Let me finish. For nothing is, still the wrong place, for nothing is impossible with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here in Melbourne and Vieira, let's say it together. Nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Some of you need that promise. You got a phone call recently. It was about a lab exam. Nothing is impossible with God. Your husband or wife has just walked out. Nothing is impossible with God. That promise is still true. 
Because he's God. And we're not. Here's what you want to write. Don't be confused. When God rearranges our plans, he is the how. That preaches. He is the how. I don't know how it will all work out. But he's the how. You don't know how it will work out. You just leave that to God. I was praying yesterday for Veer. What will happen when we continue to expand up there and pretty soon we have to go to two services and that place is too small? Do we buy land? Do we move into another building? I don't know. But I'm not anxious about it. Because nothing is impossible with God. How do I know? We moved here seven or eight years ago. Little piece of property. Boom, 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 boom. So don't be confused. God's the how. Look at her response in verse 38. I love it. Ladies, is this what you would have said? I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. In the angel left her. What does that say to me? When God rearranges my plans here, joyfully respond in faith and obedience when God rearranges our plans. Don't go, oh God, you got to be kidding me. No, his plans for us are better than anything you can come up with. Even if it doesn't look that way. Mary's thinking, this is going to be disaster in this little town. Nobody's going to understand. Oh, she's right. But it was still God's perfect plan. Now, the next thing we know is very important you understand the sequence. Mary goes to visit Elizabeth for three months. She doesn't tell Joseph what the angel told her. Joseph is clueless. And she leaves. Look at verse 39 and 40. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Now, notice her humble attitude. So she's there. You'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. We'll follow the second half of this quickly. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. As she comes into this little town three months later... The word starts spreading in this town. Mary's back. Mary's back. Remember, a little teeny village. Mary's back. Mary's back. All the kids come running. Joseph goes, Mary's back. Wow. I mean, you know, they've been talking about the internet overnight. There's no phones. It's been three months. The town's around her. She gets out of the cart. Fixes her dress. And the little kids come running up to her. But there's a difference. And they begin touching her three-month-sized belly. Then the gossip starts. Joseph, ecstatic to see her, sees that. Now, if you're Joseph, how do you control your anger? What do you do with your hurt? Here's the woman that you love... Who's pregnant? The questions begin to flow. Who? How? Why? Forced? Or because she wanted to? Well, the town, they're looking at Joseph. 
They're looking at Mary. Mary's parents are what? And so Matthew, who writes to the Jews, says in chapter 1, verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But, circle this word, before they came together, before they had sexual intercourse, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Now, immediately this ugly gossip begins to spread like wildfire. This little village is a fishbowl. And Mary's in the middle of it with Joseph. Joseph is now faced with some very difficult decisions. Does he ignore the whispers of this infidelity of the family and friends? One option he has is to do what many times was done. I told you already. The person that committed the adultery which was looked upon at this point because they were betrothed, was stoned to death. The other option that Joseph had was to simply divorce her privately and end this disgrace. The third option would be, does he embrace his wife and believe her story and accept this messianic child? Let's go to Joseph's bedroom at night, a little mat on the floor. There's a song that comes to my mind, Tossin' and a-turnin', Tossin' and a-turnin'. Do you think Joseph was tossing turning? I mean, his whole life is what? Gone up in smoke. One day, everything changed. The woman he was going to be with for his life is now pregnant. So he doesn't know what to do. When life has changed his plans. So he's tossing. He's turning. He's trying to figure out what in the world to do. He's just a simple carpenter. A poor carpenter. Verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. You see, God had worked with Joseph. He was a godly man. So Joseph goes... Well, the best thing I know to do, I love Mary, but obviously we can't be married. The best thing for me to do is simply quietly to divorce her, not make a public trial of this. I'll go on with my life. She'll go on with hers. See, we have Mary, who's a godly woman, and we have Joseph, who's a godly man. Let me challenge you with a statement. If you're thinking of getting married... You make sure you have a godly husband or a godly wife. That's a picture of marriage. A man and a woman who both love God and love each other. So instead of acting out of hurt or anger, he makes a plan. It's a good plan. He's going to divorce her quietly. The problem is, it isn't really God's plan. So God has to rearrange Joseph's plan. He did the right thing. He made a plan. Look at verse 20. 
But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You may want to write this. God comes to us with help. In other words, his plan when we are troubled. You see, God knew that Joseph had made a plan. It was a good plan, but it wasn't the right plan. And so God comes to him with a plan. He communicates his will to Joseph. The angel says, Joseph, amazingly in this vision, this dream, he says, Mary has been pure. She is still a virgin. She's been faithful to you because her pregnancy is a miracle from the Holy Spirit. The next thing I think you need to write, and this is so critical for all of us, don't rearrange your plans without consulting God first. Probably Joseph just picked one of the good options. At least he picked one. It was a better option, obviously, than stoning his wife to be. But God came and he said, Joseph, you made a plan, but I'm going to rearrange it. That's not the plan. You're making plans today for tomorrow and the next few weeks and the next year. You're making, consult God first. Buying a car, changing jobs, a home, a business. You say, well, God isn't into that. Yes, he is. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So God has to correct Joseph and he rearranges his plans. Look at the angel continues to say, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill In other words, God had made a promise, what the Lord had said to the prophet Isaiah. You see, Matthew's writing to the Jews. The Jews knew Isaiah 7.14, that God was going to send his son to a virgin. So Matthew says, God keeps all his promises. God cannot lie. So when he says, if you'll confess your sins, he'll forgive you. God cannot lie. He will. If God says to you, change your life, stop that lifestyle, I'll make you brand new, God has to keep his word. That's a very important thing for me. If I confess my sins, he's faithful, he's just, he'll forgive me, and I can start life again. God's plans will always come to pass. Verse 23, the virgin will be a child, that's coming out of Isaiah, and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The incarnation, God's son coming into this world as a human being. Emmanuel, God with us in the flesh. God was literally among us. By the way, God is with us. God himself is here in this building and up in Vieira. When Joseph woke up, He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. When God rearranges our plans, always 
obey and do the right thing. You say, well, that was easy for Joseph to do it. No, it wasn't easy for Joseph to do it. Now, when he takes Mary as his wife, does that stop the gossip in town? Not at all. So, you're going to see that Mary and Joseph, there's going to be all kinds of persecution because they obey God. They had to be strong and trust God's plan no matter what. Let me tell you, young people, 1830s, 14, 15, if you keep yourself pure unto God until you're married, or if you've already blown it and asked forgiveness and start again today pure, you're going to be laughed at like crazy. People are going to call you weird, old-fashioned, what's wrong with you? You can't know a person that you sleep with? Are you nuts? You're going to be persecuted for doing the right thing. That's all right. Just do the right thing. It will cost you to serve God. But it will cost you much more not to serve God. And that's in every aspect of our life. Every single one. Well, the next verse is filled with principle. But he, Joseph, had no union, no sexual intercourse with Mary. Circle this word in your Bible and you'll understand it. You'll come back to it many times. Until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. What does that mean? Until. Some of you have been taught that Mary always remained a virgin. That is not true. After Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph did what God always designed to do. They had sexual intercourse. And of course, from their union came brothers and sisters of Jesus. Many references to that in the Bible. Now, when I read this whole story today, here's one more thing I want to give you quickly. When serving God, expect the unexpected. That sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? I mean, you never know what God's going to do. Here's a girl in a village that nobody would ever think of anything. God doesn't send his son to a palace. He sends it to a couple, puts it in a womb of a girl who is 13 or 14, who is poor. Her husband is Joseph a carpenter. He's clueless. He loves God. She loves God. And from this comes the Savior of the world. Now, who could think up a plan like that? I mean, there's no sequel to it. It's unique. I don't know what God's going to do. But I've learned to expect the unexpected. And by the way, the unexpected is good for you and good for me. Because that's God's plans for me. Now, how do I know it still works for me today? Philippians 2.13 says this, For it is God who works in you to will and to act. In the last couple of minutes, I want to ask you some very difficult questions and ask the Holy Spirit to deal with you. In our story, Joseph woke up and did the right thing after God spoke to him. I know today that God has spoken to you and you have been woke. You're thinking things differently. I want you to make some commitments to God. I want you to do the right thing. Number one, are you here and you're dating 
an unbeliever. I want to say to you, stop the relationship. You see, if you date an unbeliever, you're very likely to marry an unbeliever. That's a sin. It won't work. I and the other pastors here deal with it constantly. Pastor Mark, I wish I'd have listened to you too late. Stop it today. Number two, if you're dating and you're a Christian, you're dating a Christian. And the young man says to you, I love you. We're going to get married. Prove your love to me. I want to say to you, young man, you're doing an ungodly thing. Notice what Joseph did. Joseph waited until they were married and then the birth of Jesus. Young lady, if you're dating a young man that calls himself a Christian and he says, prove your love by going to bed with me, leave him today. Amen. Easy to do this, difficult to leave. Love doesn't demand something from people. Love gives. Leave him. If you're sitting here and married and are in the middle of an affair, you're in sin. So Pastor Mark, we haven't really had sex yet. It's just an emotion. You're in sin. Stop it. Share it with your spouse. Confess it. If you need counseling, come in. We'll take care. You break it off this afternoon. You say, why do you talk to people like that? Because God has rearranged your plans. I don't know who you are. Oh, but he does. And he's doing it not to stop your fun because sex is fun outside of marriage. It is. But it isn't worth the trouble that's coming. And you're already guilty. You know it. So stop it. Maybe you hear that God has spoken to you about rearranging some plans. He's been asking you to do something in this church, to minister here and kids minister and that and the other, but you're afraid to step out. Stop it. We need new people in the kids ministry, in the parking, in the ushers, in the adult altar counselors. And up in Vieira, we, we need more people in the kids ministry. We need servants. Step out. Don't be afraid. God has you gifted for just this specific time. Don't be fearful of allowing God to use you in your life. Can you imagine? Where would I be if God came to me and said, Bomber, I want, I want you to start 15, 20 years ago. I want you to start something down in Melbourne. Oh, God, I did it. Of course, I did that. That's right. You're going to do it. And then I went, okay, it's your thing. The how's left up to you. And look what's happened. See, when I drove, the other night we were at this wedding, and I drove by at the end. We left and drove out here, looked at the new parking lots being built. And I drove by the front of the building, and all the lights were up. My wife said, look what God's done in our lives. Wow. Impossible. I don't know nothing about building. I don't know anything about anything. And I'm like, Mary, God, who am I? When I leave here, very often, I cry on the way home. Why? Because God has graced me with the privilege of teaching you. It's wonderful. Look what's happened in Vieira. People's lives being changed. Don't be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Don't be afraid to trust your unknown future to a known God. 
In his teaching today, Pastor Mark reminded you of the humanity of Mary. Now she was scared and confused, like any woman would be in her situation. You were told that one of the important aspects of Mary that helped her in this situation was her trust in God. Even though she surely had to put up with gossip and dirty looks and comments, she trusted God to get her through. And he did. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This winds up Pastor Mark's series, When God Rearranges Your Plans. We hope that it was useful for you and challenged you to trust God more with your life. As Pastor Mark said, it'll cost you to serve God. It'll cost you more not to serve God, though. We hope that you have an awesome time celebrating the birth of the Savior of the world, Jesus the Christ. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. On behalf of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd.